Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. And because Bitcoin grew over the next few years, it enables me to do things that my small business wouldn't have been able to do for 20 years, right? And so that's the possibility. I think what becomes really important there is good treasury management that most small businesses currently probably aren't considering today. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Joe Wood, who is the founder of Satoshi Pacholi Accounting Services. Joe is a licensed CPA with nearly 15 years of experience in all sorts of accounting, and he started Satoshi Pacholi Accounting Services to provide support to as many Bitcoiners and Bitcoin companies as possible. He's going to be doing that for you today, and if you enjoy what you hear from him, I encourage you to follow up with him for more information. But of course, before we get to the interview, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, and this week it is Jackson, Mississippi. From the ashes Grant and Sherman left behind after burning it to the ground, to the injustices of the civil rights era, Jackson, Mississippi has seen its share of violence and strife. But since 2021, when the Jackson, Mississippi Bitcoin Meetup was formed, a different type of movement began. Mississippians are a resilient people, and the Jackson, Mississippi Bitcoiners stand ready for the peaceful monetary revolution that Bitcoin promises. Nowhere will you find a more welcoming and hospitable group of Bitcoiners than in Jackson, Mississippi. So next time you're on your way through Mississippi, drop by one of their monthly meetups or book clubs. You can find them on meetup as the Jackson Miss Bitcoiners. That's Jackson spelled J-X-N, Jackson Miss Bitcoiners. That meetup link is in the show notes below, along with a list of other local Bitcoin meetups so that you can find the one closest to you. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Joe right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Josh. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yeah. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Probably, I don't know probably what the year was, and maybe 2012, maybe 2013, on some libertarian message board, um, not really diving into it too much, just kind of saying, hey, this is a new thing. Price is probably around 100 or so, um, but didn't have the technical capabilities nearly to dive down, you know, run a node, do all that stuff. Um, but I would say I probably kind of first actually dove into it 
around 2014, Coinbase was up at that point, and just watching Andreas Antonopoulos' videos, that speeches that he had given. So 2014 is probably the time that I kind of dove in a little bit um, and kind of gravitated from there. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish that everyone understood? I think uh, really that you just don't have to understand everything all at once. You don't have to get all of Bitcoin. You can get one portion of it starting to buy a little bit diving down the rabbit hole. Uh, I think anyone who has been in it for a while realizes that like, hey, I thought I understood at this point. I didn't like you keep on going further and further understanding it, but you don't have to get it all at once in order to buy a little bit and learn about it. I think that's what intimidates a lot of people of like, hey, I don't understand this thing. I'm not going to worry about it. If they realize, hey, I could just learn a little bit of, hey, there's a 21 million hard cap. That's one thing I know and kind of go from there. What's the Bitcoin resource that you most recommend to other people? I feel like this is always changing as stuff comes out. I think right now Swan does a great job in that if people are talking about Bitcoin inherently, they're thinking about buying some. And so Swan's a place where you can do that in one place, right, where they have really good educational resources. Um, but then there's also the ability to buy right there. So that's kind of the one I've been sending people lately. And then I think as much as you can personalize that to the person that you're talking to as possible, that can really be helpful in that, like, some people you might know, they're not really going to be interested on the some of the more technical side, where some people is more younger, tech savvy, they want want to dive into stuff, send them right to Lightning Network. So um, really kind of knowing your audience who you're talking to, I think is helpful there as well. Beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource or an idea that's been valuable to you or your business recently? Probably not unrelated to Bitcoin, but I think really just valuing time um, as a resource intentionally is something I focused on a lot over the last couple of years of where do I want to direct my energy? What what am I trying to do? Uh, are the, the, the places that I'm spending my time the things I think are the most valuable? Just out of curiosity, how do you do that? Is it resources that you've like read, looked at? Or I guess, is there anything that would help people to do that if what you've just shared connects with listeners right now? Yeah, I think for me, it's just a uh, kind of an internal gut thing of like, hey, am I making progress on things that I think are important, right? And so I think that's just a question that you ask yourself of, am I making progress in the areas I want to. And if I'm not, well, is that because I'm spending time on the wrong things? I, I think that was one of the things for me as I left kind of the, e like, not, I'm not going to say easy, but, you know, the constant W-2 paycheck was like, is this worth it for me, this constant stability, good, good pay coming in, but is it where I want to be spending my time and my focus? And so that was kind of one of the mental models for me to be thinking through. Yeah. And now we have our final arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Um, it's a good question. I think kind of going back to Bitcoin again, I would say uh, probably why is a good general rule uh, in that if you're really trying to dig down and understand things, you got to ask why. Um, and so 
if you have that mindset, if you're actually intellectually open and honest and trying to think through things, why is a really good question to say, why is this the case? Why is this the current process? If you do that openly, you can get, I think, to some really good answers. Whereas why not can kind of give you a, hey, this is why we're not going down this rabbit hole or, or, or this is not the process that's going to work. But I think why is a more open-ended question that can lead you to a, a bunch of different options. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high net worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project's success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Well, Joe, we're here today to talk about your new business venture, Satoshi Pacholi Accounting. I'm curious, could you just share with us a little bit about the vision for the company? And then after that, maybe if we can get into a little bit about the naming of it as well. Yeah. So really, the vision of the company is really just to set out to say, is there what are the ways that I can go and help Bitcoiners? And I think there's the gap there on the accounting side. Um, that some people see a hurdle. And so I think there's probably two elements that I'm trying to kind of reach as far as businesses. Uh, one of them, I originally just set out say, hey, I know there's a bunch of Bitcoin businesses out there. I know they're going to need accounting support. You know, what role can I play there? Some of them, you know, have grown to where they might already have a main accountant. Some of them might just be starting up and they could use additional resources. Um, and so that's kind of the, my was my initial thought and push um, and, and really where I focus so far. Um, I think the other sector there that I, I didn't realize so more recently that I think is probably much bigger is what are the existing businesses out there that could really use Bitcoin and if they had a little bit more education and knowledge behind it, could integrate it into their current business, even though they may not be a Bitcoiner or they may be a Bitcoiner and just haven't considered it. And so I think that's a, another area where someone with understanding of Bitcoin as well as accounting, can help integrate that into businesses um, in a, a more seamless way. So it doesn't have to be this big hurdle of, hey, Bitcoin's complicated. There's tax implications. I don't. I just don't want to touch it. Yeah, yeah. And the, the other part of your question, as far as the name, right? So Satoshi, obviously, everyone knows Satoshi Nakamoto, inventor of, of Bitcoin. Um, I, I tried to combine that with Luca Pacioli, who was 
essentially the the godfather of modern accounting back in the 1400s uh, in Italy. And so he created what we consider today double entry bookkeeping uh, that's been used for hundreds of years. Um, it's really the foundation of corporations issuing financial statements is all based on this double entry bookkeeping model, which seems really easy and straightforward today, but at the time uh, was revolutionary and really uh, caused a, a ton of innovation and just additional information flowing from businesses originally within, you know, one city, two cities, right around Petroli where he was spreading this message. Uh, but then obviously spread throughout Italy and then the world. And so I think you can easily see analogies there of something like that spreading hundreds of years, years ago and see how Bitcoin is currently doing it and continue to spread rapidly throughout the world and really just create efficiencies that we haven't considered yet. Mm -hmm. So Luca Pacioli was the founder, father, godfather, the originator of double entry accounting. I've heard of people talking about Satoshi as the father of triple entry accounting. Is that something that you yes. subscribe to as well? Is that a good way of describing what Bitcoin is? Yeah, I think so. Um, if you just want to kind of think about it simply, uh, it's maybe one extra step there where double entry bookkeeping is really a method where you are making sure that your books are balanced in real time. Um, and so there are two sides to that. There's always a debit and a credit where you're saying, hey, I spent some cash on something that resulted in a an asset. And so I'm just moving things between my balance sheet from one area to another. Where accounting kind of adds to that is you're, you're adding uh, money to the system where, you know, I have one Bitcoin, you have one Bitcoin, I send you a half Bitcoin, now you have one and a half. That's, there's a double entry side there where you know it and I know it, right? But then there's also this third side where everyone can see it. It's an open public ledger. And so there's always at least, right, three parties that can see it openly, transparently, which adds a, just a whole nether layer of openness to a financial system that we've never seen before. Um, and it hasn't really been used yet from a transparency, uh, you know, reporting standpoint. But there, there's a world I think you could see where if a business did want that to really be able to show how they're doing day to day, week to week, you could do that through a ledger. Obviously, from a, a privacy standpoint, personal standpoint, that's kind of a different side of things that you might not want that. But if a business did want that, a nonprofit potentially wanted that from transparency, you can have that all in an open ledger. Yeah, it sounds like something that in some people's minds becomes a little bit dangerous because of security concerns. Is there anything that businesses need to be yeah. worried about? Or is this something that because there is a more openness, it leads to more trust and innovation and things like that? I'm just curious to know your thoughts there. Yeah, I think that that's kind of yet to be seen. I think the the classic example there is if I'm an individual and I have all my Bitcoin in one wallet and I'm sitting from that wallet and you can see all the Bitcoin I have, that doesn't seem great, right? Um, whereas a company, specifically a, a, a public company, right? Um, or a nonprofit potentially that has open financials that you're going to be showing to the world, that's not as much of a risk, right? Of like, hey, I'm about to tell you in a month that I have three Bitcoin in the balance sheet. That the fact that you see my wallet that's open, that's not a big deal. Um, same with nonprofits, even though they're they're smaller, they they file annually, right? 
Um, but it's still, there's still incentive there, especially if they have donors that they, you want to be able to see, Hey, I sent you a Bitcoin. You're not moving it. It's going to stay there until the time that I, I want you to spend it in. But I think for a while, at least, I think for, for small or medium sized businesses that don't have these reported requirements, they're going to want to use the same privacy practices that individuals want to want to use where you're, you're not reusing wallet addresses. Um, you're keeping that not easily reviewed on the blockchain, um, which is kind of always a, a constant battle, it seems like, where the, the privacy tools are battling against the chain analysis tools. And so that's a fight, I think, that we're going to see in the years to come. Um, but for some that want to have that transparency, I think there's a possibility. So there's a whole lot that is incorporated into the term accounting. I'd like to hear from you a little bit, especially from the the perspective of a business owner. What business owners should be thinking about from a personal side and from their business side? Yeah. So, I mean, depending on the size of the business, I, I would try to, if they're a small business owner and kind of on their personal side, I, I would try to link those two as much as possible in that like, if you are running your own business, it's going to flow through to you as an individual, either through, you know, the tax filing. But it, I would I would consider it kind of rolling it all into the same tax entity, if you want to look at it that way. So kind of the three main areas I would focus on is the traditional accounting, bookkeeping side of things. Uh, how are you going to look at your financial statements on a monthly basis? I think tax is always a, a factor that you have to consider there as well. Um, and then probably the third factor is operationally, how do I do this? And so the accounting side is probably honestly the most straightforward, the bookkeeping side of things of you just really have to, to sense that you're using Bitcoin, accepting Bitcoin or buying Bitcoin, making sure that you have a really good cost basis there. Um, and so that just means good record keeping from the start. You are tracking either when you purchased it or when you received it and you know what the original cost basis was there. Um, from there, you're adjusting the value of that over time. Um, I would probably recommend, you know, it's going to be reflected in that if it goes up, you're going to have gains. If it goes down, you're going to have losses regardless of what you whether you sell it or not, I would probably just put that on a different area of your income statement so that you're you're not thinking about it as operationally, hey, we did a lot better this month or a lot worse because of your Bitcoin. Um, so thinking through that process. Um, on the tax side, it can be really straightforward or really complicated depending on whether you sell or not. Um, you don't sell, you don't have to worry about it. If you are selling or you're using that Bitcoin, it's not something that you can't handle. It's just you have a lot more transactions. Um, but any kind of you know accountant that's comfortable with a bunch of transactions flowing through, using an Excel file, uh, going through that work, it shouldn't be an overcomplication if you do want to use Bitcoin in that way for payments, to pay your vendors, um, or that you just need to sell because you need cash. Like That shouldn't be something that inhibits you from using Bitcoin in your business if it, if it makes sense otherwise. Um, and then operationally, you just get into some really interesting ideas of you're a sole proprietor or a not or uh, like a partnership. You have a relatively limited number of people that are owners of that business. And so you can treat Bitcoin in much of the same way as you would as an individual. Um, but knowing that 
Bitcoin really acts as a bearer instrument, right? If you're using it in a non-custodial way. Um, and so to the extent that you have an accountant that's working for you, that's making payments, how do you feel about them having access to your Bitcoin? Do you do something with a like kind of multi-sig where you have multiple keys? That's something that's going to be more complicated that you need to think through as far as if you're holding Bitcoin in your business and there's more than just you, how do you do that in a way that you feel really comfortable about holding the asset and not having to trust your accountant that they're not going to run away with the keys, just like you wouldn't want to trust someone with your keys personally. Um, as the businesses get bigger, I think you move to custodial solutions, um, which is just going to make more sense and probably more streamlined. Whereas, you know, today, if you're a business, you have a bank account, um, you're regulated, you have, you know, you're reporting to the government anyways. Um, that custodial solution probably makes more sense as a trade-off for a company than you might think as an individual where you're thinking, I really want to hold my keys and have access to my money and not have to rely on a bank. That's probably a ways away for any business that's more than a couple people as far as ownership. What's the best word on smaller expenditures using Bitcoin? For instance, like if you go to a, a restaurant that accepts Bitcoin, you, you know, buy a meal for 15 to $20. Is there any uh, official guidance on that? Are there capital gains taxes on it? Or is it to a certain amount? Any thoughts or uh, official words there from the U.S. government? The official word is at every time you use Bitcoin and it's out of gain or loss, you have to report that. Lovely. I, I guess I probably wouldn't care if you... Uh, didn't report the loss, but yes, that's the official ruling. Um, I would never guide guide someone to not do that. Um, I think there's practical realities there of if you miss the $50 or $100 that you paid uh, for your, your meal there, the IRS is probably not coming after you in the full force, although they just are looking to hire 87,000 people, so who knows? But I, I think a, a good way to think about that is yeah, that's a pain. You really shouldn't have to worry about it. But if you are someone who's really moving towards hyper-Bitcoinization, you're going to have, at least for now, that's going to create taxable events. And so knowing that I have a list of transactions where here's all my cost basis, I'm keeping track of that. I know my cost basis on a running base, like on a running total. Um, and then similarly having money going out, whether it's the I bought a new car, right, for my business or bought merchandise or I bought the $50 meal, that can pretty much, regardless of the amount, um, it's going to be the same accounting for it. So I would just start thinking in that way, keeping track of things in that way. And realistically, the IRS isn't coming after you for that. But if you are moving down the, the rabbit hole of, I want to use Bitcoin for everything, that's my main source of money, being able to track it right now until there's some threshold where you don't have to report it is something that you're going to want to keep an eye on. There's been a, quite a few bills that has been submitted that I don't think have gone anywhere to say under $50, under $200, under $600. You don't have to report this, but the current state is they want to know about it. They're going to track it. Sure. So my guess is there are multiple different types of business owners listening to this podcast. Some people are all into Bitcoin, probably thinking some of that direction, like how can I get as much as possible into Bitcoin and operate from a Bitcoin standard even before it's it's popularly used. 
other people are interested in Bitcoin. They see the value of it long term, but starting to use Bitcoin, accept it, have it on the balance sheet feels like a headache that is probably worth putting up with for the long term. Does Bitcoin make anything easier at this point in time? Or is it just one of those things that you have to take extra hurdles because you believe in the long-term benefit of it? So I wouldn't say it makes anything easier, but I think it produces possibilities that are possible in the current system. And so I think if you think about it as I'm a business, I have limited capital, I can only do so much, right? Um, And you're kind of you know, running a small business is constantly like, you're not going to be, you're not going to be bringing in a ton of money. There's not a ton of small businesses out there that are, you know, cash flow, like don't have to worry about things month to month that are just killing it. It takes a long time to get there, probably multiple, you know, whether it's multiple restaurants or multiple, you know, locations. Um, And so I think what Bitcoin has the ability to do there is say, if I'm a business and I'm bringing in money and I use Bitcoin on my balance sheet, potentially, I had the potential to say I made, let's say, $10,000 last year and I put half of that in Bitcoin. And because Bitcoin grew over the next few years, it enables me to do things that my small business wouldn't have been able to do for 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the possibility. I think what becomes really important there is good treasury management that most small businesses currently probably aren't considering today. And so if you, if you look at large businesses, they'll have a whole team focus on this, right? Like what's my cash at, where am I using my money? What's my cash flow for the next quarter, six months, year, small businesses being able to do that in a really precise way is going to become more important. I think, and that if I know kind of precisely what are my expenses, What's my realistic revenue? Be conservative about that. I can safely say, I don't need this this money for two years. I feel better about putting it into Bitcoin than, hey, I might need it. I might not need it for five years or I might need it in three months. I don't really know. I haven't spent the time on that. Um, and so I can't, real, I can't conservatively make that bet of, hey, I'm just betting on Bitcoin going up in the short term versus... I know I don't need it. We're we're cash flow positive. This is money that I shouldn't need to touch. And realistically, maybe the option, the 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 thought there is more so. Hey, this is money that I might go out to acquire more equipment or acquire a competitor that I would need cash for it. Um, and you say instead of doing that, I'm actually just going to put it in Bitcoin with a thought that that's going to outperform any large acquisition that's probably has a more risk involved that I would want to use this cash for. And so I think businesses reassessing their money as a, as a tool versus purely looking at it from a short term. If I buy this, how long is the RI on it with the money that's depreciating? So you just mentioned treasury management, which is going to be largely just buying Bitcoin with the the excess money that you have and holding it. You also have something that, you know, maybe the the employee corollary to that would be something like Swan's Bitcoin benefit plan where you can pay small amounts consistently to your employees in Bitcoin. I'm curious, for the business, are there any other like 
easy first steps or next steps that you would recommend in general for businesses? I think certainly using it as an incentive tool is something that's been used and it's interesting. Um, I don't know how much that varies from, hey, you gave me a $100 bonus uh, in Bitcoin versus you gave me $100 and I, I put it into Bitcoin. Um, whether that pushed people along, that could be useful. This is not something I've thought through. And so I, I don't know the other options out there uh, for this, but I think something interesting that CrowdHealth has done recently is integrated into their uh, their customers basis. And so are you familiar with mm -hmm. this? Yeah. Andy Schoonover was, I think, the first interview for this podcast. Okay. He was definitely someone that was very interesting to me because it was a non-Bitcoin specific business beginning to use Bitcoin as a key part of their strategy. Exactly. So really what they're looking for, like that it's not an insurance business, but it's essentially a crowdfunding business for healthcare. And as part of their, their essentially their business model is saying, we're going to have you pay a certain amount per month um, and allow you to put part of it in Bitcoin, essentially, is my understanding of it. And so that's an interesting, certainly a way to attract customers, right, that are Bitcoiners currently. And then it's really just a, a long-term thing where you are saying, I'm, I don't intend to go and break my leg tomorrow, right? It's something that may happen a year, two, three years from now. How am I saving for that today? And so Bitcoin seems like a natural direction there that you're using it in a product. It rolls out to your consumer. If Bitcoin does continue to accelerate in value, that's a really good use case. I imagine there's a whole bunch of other use cases out there for consumer-facing companies that I haven't thought through, but that probably are are valuable to grow their consumer base, put their consumers in a better position. Um, and at this point, they're not even touching Bitcoin. It's just a, a product that they're offering. So I think there's a lot of possibility there that if CrowdHealth does well with this, if they're successful, uh, I think you'll see a lot of businesses saying, hey, how do we follow this? Can we integrate this into our product? If I understood you correctly earlier, you seem to be saying that there are some businesses that Bitcoin is more beneficial for upfront than others. Did I understand you correctly? And if so, what are some of those businesses? So I, I think it's it's more so what's the the financial state of your business. If you are a startup and you are just running through cash and you are just trying to create a product. Uh, Bitcoin in a short term may not be all that useful for you. If you are someone who's been in, in business for five years, you have steady cash flow, you know, hey, I make 10% every month. That's a great business that you can say, hey, that 10% that you're making every month that you're really confident in, put half of it or put all of it in Bitcoin, whatever kind of risk tolerance there. So a company that's cash flow positive, you, I mean, Microsoft, or MicroStrategy is the classic example of this. They know their business really well. They've been around forever. They know they make a certain percent per month. They know they can take loans out and cover the interest on those loans with their profits from their business. If you've been around, if you know kind of where you're at, if you have a strong cash position, if you're a business that maybe you only do a million dollars in revenue a year, you have expenses of 800,000, but you have, you're sitting on cash of 5 million, 6 million that you've accumulated. That's a business that you can say, 
hey, we're, we're probably not using all this in the next couple of years. Let's take a portion of that and put it into uh, Bitcoin. So it's not, for me, it's not so much the type of business as where is their financial statements at? What does their balance sheet look like? And how confident are they that they're going to continue to produce at the current rate? Well, Joe, I appreciate you sharing today. Maybe if there are any final thoughts, any things you want to make sure the listeners get before we get off today, share that with them. And then also where they can go to find out more about you and the services that you provide. Yeah, certainly. So I think anyone who is obviously working with Bitcoin today that needs accounting support, reach out to me. Anyone who's listening to this that is just kind of runs a business today that's interested in Bitcoin, uh, that wants to dive into this more. Uh, you might hold a little bit. You might kind of be thinking about it. Those are the people I want to talk to. So if you found this interesting, if you had questions, certainly feel free to reach out. Uh, my website is satoshipatroli.com. And you find me on Twitter, same name there. Uh, those are probably the two best places to connect with me. Awesome. Joe, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Talk to you later. All right, friends, it's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Joe, you can find our contact information down in the show notes. And if you know of other business owners who could benefit from this episode in particular or the show as a whole, please do share it with them and let them know about what's happening in this space. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today